Chapter 1. Lloydis. Lloydis was in flames. It was the price Elmit had to pay for choosing the losing side. I, Kerdick, once heard Abbess Hill talk of forgiving one's enemies. She said that a man should pray for those who curse you, and bless those who mistreat you. These were Christ's words, and we should heed them, she implored us, for they were words of love and words of peace. But this day was not a day for peace or love. This was a day for vengeance and blood. Elmit chose to back Owain and his great alliance of the northern British tribes. Together they attacked my land and my people, the Angles. They raided Dera, killed my brother and kidnapped my sister. Then they took their army and joined Owain at a place called Catraith. There they hoped to destroy my land and my race forever. But it was we who prevailed. We dare and farmers and townsfolk from the wolds and moors and the lands along the river Humber held on against the odds until our brothers, the Angles of Benicia, had marched from the north and fallen upon the enemy. There, at the great Battle of Catraith, we destroyed them. The tribes from Reged, Strathclyde and Manu Gododin had been crushed. So now we returned to our neighbour, to Elmet, to make them pay for the hurt they had done us. That at least was what Ayla our king had ordered. He wanted recompense from Keredig, king of Elmet, and punitive steps taken to ensure he could not easily attack us again. For my part, I had seen enough blood and death at Catraith to last a lifetime. I would have been content to stay at home with my family and Aedith, my woman. But Ayla was our king, and my father, Kenrid, was Earl of the Southern Marches. Our family's lands around the village of Curdham lay in his domain, so when he called out the Wixton Company that spring, a few months after Catraith, he expected me, the lord of the villa, to obey the summons. So we went, ten men and boys from the village, led by myself. Amongst them were my three friends, Edward, tall and broad-shouldered, a fierce warrior, utterly loyal, and a true friend. Cuthbert, my other boyhood companion, short and delicate, yet agile, and as much a master with the bow as was Edward with his axe. Finally, Aidan, the dark-haired, green-eyed Welshman who had once been my slave, and was now a freed man, sworn to my service. With us went the rugged old veteran Gretir, who had been our teacher once upon a time, and was still full of the wisdom of a man who has seen many battles. We left the village of Curdham with its hovels and huts, and left too the villa, the decaying old Roman house that my grandfather had captured and made into our family's home. Off we went with the rest of Ayla's army, six companies from the south of Dera, and invaded Elmet. We marched hard and fast, striking deep into the Welsh land, and before he knew we were coming, King Keredig was staring down at us in horror from the wooden palisade around his city of Lloydis. Ayla's orders had been strict, and Earl Harold commanding us followed them to the letter. There was no offer of peace from Harold, no olive branch held out, and no chance of reprieve. Not yet not until we had smashed our way through the city gates and burnt the houses that lined the main street. 
I am an old man now, and I have been in many battles, but despite all the sights they have seen, I will never get used to the screams and cries for mercy from the innocent. The gods blow their trumpets, and the Valkyries ride forth and choose who is to be slain, and lead them to Valhalla. And men cheer and do battle for the sake of glory, or wealth, or honour. Yet it is the children and the women who suffer, whilst we men wallow in blood. So it was on that day. Demanding vengeance might sound a fine thing when you stand over the grave of your brother and smell the smoke of your own home burning. But see how you feel when it is somebody else's brother, son or daughter who lies at your feet and their home burning whilst you stand nearby holding the torches that kindled the flames.' 